This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. It's a historic day for electric vehicles. For the first time ever, an EV was the best-selling vehicle worldwide. Tesla sold a little more than 267,000 Model Ys in the first quarter of the year, according to an auto industry specialist with market research company Jado Dynamics. The Y beat out all body types of the Toyota Corolla, which were more than 10,000 units behind the Tesla. But Toyota will likely retain its spot as the top automaker for the full year. It holds the next three spots as well, with the Hilux, RAV4, and Camry and in that order. Speaking of Tesla, it's giving Ford access to its supercharger network. And not only that, in 2025, Ford will start equipping its EVs with Tesla's style of charging port, which it now calls the North American Charging Standard. This gives Ford owners access to more than 12,000 supercharger locations across the U.S. and Canada and builds on the 10,000-plus fast chargers that Ford already operates in its own Blue Oval charge network. Ford claims that its owners now have access to the largest charging network in the U.S. and Canada. It's no secret that Tesla superchargers provide the most consistent and reliable experience. And Ford CEO Jim Farley says, quote, Widespread access to fast charging is absolutely vital to our growth as an EV brand. Brazil's president, Inácio da Silva, better known as Lula, wants to make cars more affordable for middle-class people. Bloomberg reports that the interest rate on a car loan for most Brazilians is 29%. So Lula is handing out tax breaks of about 11% on cars that cost less than $24,000. That will drop the cost of the cheapest cars to about 12 grand. Brazil is a tough place for legacy automakers to make a profit. Ford closed its assembly operations there in 2019. Mercedes sold its plant to Great Wall last year, and Toyota will pull out this year. But Chinese automakers see big opportunities in Brazil. In addition to Great Wall, nine other Chinese automakers are making vehicles, including Chang'an and BYD. Do all these emission controls we're putting in vehicles really make any kind of difference? You bet they do. The EPA published its annual air quality report for the U.S., and the improvements are significant. Compared to 1970, the six key air pollutants that the EPA tracks are down 78%. Since 1990, carbon dioxide is down 81%. Since the year 2000, 2.5 micron particulate matter, what they call PM 2.5, is down 42%. And since 2010, lead in the air is down 88%. NOx, sulfur dioxide, and ozone are also down dramatically. Not all that improvement came from emission controls on cars, but they did play a big role. And the economy kept on growing even as air quality regulations were tightened up. Good news for automakers in the U.S. 
May sales are expected to be strong. J.D. Power and LMC Automotive are forecasting that sales this month will hit 1.34 million units, up more than 15% from a year ago. That includes both retail and fleet sales. Retail sales were just over a million units, which is nearly a 10% gain. And with inventory improving, automakers are allocating more vehicles to fleet customers, which are expected to increase 50% in May compared to a year ago. Fleet sales account for about 20% of the total market. But despite more vehicles going to fleets, which can drag down value, transaction prices continue to rise and will reach an average just below $46,000 or 0.7% more than last year. That means car buyers are on track to spend $47 billion on new cars this month. Bentley went on a headhunting trip and ended up with Volvo's head of global design, Robin Page. And this is actually a reunion for Bentley and Page. Before joining Volvo, he was head of interior design at Bentley from 2001 to 2013 and was involved with the Continental GT, Mulsanne, and the state limousine for the Royal Monarch. Page will report directly to Bentley chairman and CEO Adrian Hallmark, and he's replacing Tobias Sulman, who's leaving the company to pursue other opportunities, as they say. The Nasdaq is threatening to delist another EV startup. This time it's Nikola. The company's shares are trading at 73 cents, which is below the $1 minimum requirement to stay on the exchange. Last month, the Nasdaq warned Lordstown that it too could be delisted for falling below the requirement. But as we reported yesterday, Lordstown did a 1 to 15 reverse stock split to boost its shares to over a dollar. And a quick correction from yesterday. I mistakenly said, for every 15 shares of stock you owned, you'll get another one. I should have said, for every 15 Lordstown shares that you owned, you'll now just have one. You can expect to see a lot more electric school buses picking up and dropping off kids. Bluebird, one of the biggest school bus makers in the U.S., opened a new multi-million dollar facility in Georgia that features a dedicated assembly line for making electric school buses. Its production volume will increase from four buses a day up to 20 and give Bluebird a yearly output of up to 5,000. The electric school buses it makes are the ones that look like big rectangles and feature a propulsion system developed by Cummins as well as a 155 kilowatt hour lithium ion battery pack, which provides up to 120 miles of range. Bluebird made the move to meet rising demand because there's more incentive to go electric. The new infrastructure bill in the US will give out $5 billion over the next five years for clean school bus transportation. And as we recently learned, a single electric school bus with bi-directional charging can earn as much as $10,000 selling electricity back to public utilities. Some car companies didn't start out as car companies. Peugeot traces its roots back to 1810 as a steel foundry making hand tools. In 1926, Toyota started making weaving looms, and now Audi is celebrating the 150th anniversary of NSU. 
It started making knitting machines in 1873, then started making motorcycles in 1901, and then cars in 1905. NSU is not well known outside of Europe, but it was a pioneering company. It was the first automaker to use Wankel engines when its Row 80 sedan came out in 1967. In fact, Mazda licensed the right to use Wankels from NSU. But the Wankel almost bankrupted NSU, and in 1969 Volkswagen bought it and later merged it with Audi. And that's why Audi is celebrating the 150th anniversary of NSU. I hope you enjoyed that little history lesson, and I hope you have a great weekend. And because of the Memorial Day holiday on Monday in the U.S., we'll actually see you back here next Tuesday. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. And by Scheffler, we pioneer motion. At Scheffler, we pioneer motion. Electrifying mobility. Manufacturing smarter. Reducing CO2 emissions. Making energy production clean. Scheffler pioneers motion to advance how the world moves. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing. Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.